And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Joanne Hiley, Director of Life Ministry. And uh, Joanne, it's great to have you with us today. Oh, thank you, Dan. It's wonderful to be with you. You have a unique ministry in New York City. Yes. (laughs) And you counsel people out of homosexuality and other sexual idolatries. And I I understand you've been doing that for some 30 years. Yes, I've been in New York for 38 years. Our ministry is only 33 years old. But I was doing some counseling um, before it began. So uh, get us started, Joanne. Why would you start a ministry like this? It, it's, uh, it seems like a, perhaps a, a difficult area to minister in. Yes, yes. Um, I think you'd have to say I did not want to start it <laughs> because I essentially resisted it uh, when the Lord first called me, even though I knew before we left Kansas City when we were um, the night before we went to the church there, Full Faith Church of Love, and they prayed over us for essentially being missionaries. And uh, I heard uh, the Lord speak to me and say, I want you to minister to homosexuals and Jews. Mm. We certainly haven't figured out the whole Jewish connection, even though we've ministered to quite a few. Mm-hmm. And um, But the uh, the call to minister to homosexuals came, I'm sure, because of what I had been involved in personally in my life. I don't know that for sure. I shouldn't say it, but it seemed to me that um, I, as a, a very young child, had suffered a lot of pain because my father fell dead at work when I was five years old. Mm. And my mother was left a widow with um, a 17-year-old son just going to college and, I mean, just essentially um, finishing high school and a a 13-year-old daughter. And she was not really expecting to even have me until I think I kicked, she said. (laughs) She knew she was pregnant with another child. But my father was working overtime. He was a linotype operator, the only linotype operator at the Durant Daily Democrat. And um, he had an, a brain aneurysm. He was working around hot lead because that's the way newspapers were printed in those days. Oh, yes. And uh, he fell dead uh, from that aneurysm. We were in the movies. We just came to pick him up. And they told us that um, my, my father and, of course, her husband had passed away. Oh, my. This was a terrible shock. And it was uh, in 1937, right in the midst of the Depression. So, um, essentially, my sister had to go to work uh, to support us. And we took in a lot of different rumors in every one of our four bedrooms in in our house. My mother started baking and cooking, trying to fulfill the needs that we had financially. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a a 
story that sounds so grim, but yet, you know what we found out, Dan, during that, that we had a whole lot of joy. It was amazing how God worked with so many of us during the Depression. It wasn't as horrible as it sounds. He was right there with us, and he was providing in so many miraculous ways. People leaving a bunch of fish on the front porch or leaving uh, some clothing or just giving me a full, essentially, financial support for going to college when the time came. Just so many wonderful surprises. Mm. Now, uh, as we're talking here, I can hear sirens in the background. <laughs> we're in uh, we're the place of, of the great sirens, you know, <laughs> Up where our office is. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with being in the middle of the city, I guess. Of course. Um, we always say they're playing our songs. You know? <laughs> when we talk about homosexuality, it is something the Bible refers to as a sin. And I'm quick to remind our listeners that there's any number of sins. There's there's sins listed in Scripture. And so we are cautious. We're not trying to target one particular sin. But this is, um, this is a ministry here. We're talking with Joanne Hiley today, which helps people out of one of these particular sins, and this one is the sin of homosexuality. If they choose. If they choose. We do not force anyone. They're coming here by their own choice, and we are thrilled that we have so many people that we can hardly handle the number. Well, that's good. What is your approach that you use, if, if it's even possible to describe it, but in, in general terms, Joanne? I want you to know my passion is to be able to interpret people's emotional pain, which I think is one of the missing aspects of helping people who have all kinds of addictions, not just homosexuality. And that we have found that if you will sit with people and talk to them, and allow them to begin slowly to understand that God will take our deepest pain and, as he has so gloriously promised, he will work it all together for good. And that, of course, was the beginning that I experienced as a young child when my father died and all these things happened to me that God can take some of the greatest pains we've ever had and through our having to work out what was God's place with us when this happened. Mm. So many people feel that he left us or he forgot us or he doesn't care about us or whatever they experience many times from their earthly father if it were any kind of abusive treatment or abandonment, or even as I had your father dying, those things can stockpile inside you, very much like Job in the book of Job. What what did I do wrong, Job kept saying. 
You see, we need to be the interpreters to help our people understand and get to that pain so they can finally resolve it and they can see God never stopped loving them or working everything together for good. That it's when, such as when Cain's face fell, when God didn't accept his gift, and God said to him, well, if you do what is right, you will have uh, satisfaction. And if not, if your countenance falls, then sin is crouching at your door. Mm. It wants to have you, but you must master it. So you see, that more or less encapsulates what we expose here, that essentially you can't even deal with the pain that you pushed down as a child. You see, I, I was full of pain because I couldn't talk to my mother about it. I was so afraid that she would fall apart and and she was crying so much anyway, and many nights she would hold a loaded gun because she thought she heard someone outside the window. And this made me absolutely push my own feelings down and just try to help her. That isn't possible for a child of five, but it it does cause you to become what I call dysfunctional in your abilities to deal with what's happening. You have now got a lot of stuff shoved down inside you that should be able to be talked through with your parents. But obviously, that was not possible. My mother was too distraught, and I was too fearful to even bring it up. Mm. So I... When a girl used to come over to study with me after school, before my mother came home from work, there was a beginning. At age 13, both of us had had various kinds of pain. We both pushed down our emotions, and we were able to make it, you know, to go to school and to do our homework. But she essentially molested me sexually, and I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. I I really did not know I had any sex organs. I I didn't know anybody did. I'd been quite sheltered. In those days, movies were censored. You know, even if a man and woman were going to be shown to be married, they had to be in single beds next to each other. There was absolutely no hint of any kind of sexual revelation in those days. So um, I pushed down all my feelings, but when this girl um, kissed me, essentially, in a way that began, I was age 13 then, she was too, began to open up um, feelings that I didn't even understand. I had no idea. And she was essentially a tomboy. And we have found out in our ministry that that can be a generational gender confusion, mm-hmm. you see. She loved to play sports. She, in those days, wore overalls. Um, there were no jeans in those days. And uh, essentially, we began a 10-year relationship, even 
during which we committed our lives to full-time Christian service. But you see, you when you're in this, uh, we call it sin addiction, it begins to uh, cause you to see things in a, a distorted way. It, in other words, you compartmentalize your mind. I could be the sweet Christian girl in my mind when I was going to church or when I was going to choir practice or when I was essentially being who I had been before this happened, then I could turn off my mind and just give myself to uh, have this relationship with this girl. And that began to cause me to have very divided feelings, obviously. And I, I felt even feelings for, for boys. I was dating some boys, just barely beginning, but I felt very faithful to this girl for some reason because it seemed to ease the fear and the pain and all of the responsibility I felt for my mother. Today we're talking with Joanne Hiley, founder of Life Ministry, a New York City ministry. Uh, They work at counseling people out of the homosexual lifestyle. And Joanne, in your life and experience, what happened such that you then changed? There was no question that uh, after a while I began to feel that this just could not keep going. It was tearing me apart. After we went to separate Bible colleges and um, all of this began to, I began to see more in the scriptures. I was quite convicted when I was studying the Bible in Greek and we came upon, uh, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? I thought, oh my... And do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You see, when I came to the end of saying the list of various kinds of sins that would keep you out of the kingdom, that great statement that even in Bible times, he said, such were some of you, meaning they had been set free. And and how were they set free? By being washed by the water of the word by being sanctified, made holy by the Spirit of God, by being justified by the blood of Jesus, as if you never sinned. He came to take away the sins of the world, praise the living God. Mm. These things began to be very real to me. I had never had the Bible be so real, even though I'd kept it under the bed and read it every day. 
it never it never came alive like that time in my life because I saw the truth of God laid out before me in First Corinthians chapter six nine through eleven, and I thought, Hallelujah! I, I'm having understanding beyond what I could ever expect, mm-hmm. and yet. Even then, after with that understanding and with that conviction of my sin, I still needed to work through the pain and the, just like the Bible says, you have to suffer in the flesh to be done with sin. First Peter 4, verse 1, just like Jesus suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same attitude because anyone who has suffered in the flesh is done with sin. You see, even after you're convicted, even after you see your sin, in those days no one would ever confess this, but I did say to God that this I could see. I see you're telling me. I felt I've got to do something about this, but I didn't know what. So... This is what God has shown me in all of these years. I came out of homosexuality because I got hurt so much by the women. I had two women that I had had sexual relations with by the time I graduated from college. And I saw that I I could not live in this. They were giving me so much pain. They hurt me through their ways of dealing with me. And so now I had to work through that pain. Mm. So my learning in this ministry, I was, of course, set free of homosexuality when I was um, in my early 20s, right after I graduated from Bible college. I met this beautiful man just out of the Marine Corps. And I... He became very interested in me, and I became very interested in him. So I said, I have to leave this. I have to say no to it. Even though when he proposed to me nine months later, I confessed to him that I had had not, uh, 10 years of lesbian experience. And he said to me, why don't we just, he said, I've done things I'm not proud of. Why don't we go on together? Mm-hmm. And that sounded wonderful to me. <laughs> the grace of God. Amen. The mercy, mm. mercy poured out on us. Praise the living God. Amen. It's, it's available. You're in New York City. You have a real ministry to people who come to you for help. Yes. Can you describe your ministry a little bit in the last uh, five minutes remaining? Uh, we definitely are a counseling ministry. We definitely move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We definitely counsel by the Word of God. Uh, We also do not charge anything for counseling. We have uh, two support group meetings a week. We also uh, counsel probably around 65 to 70 people for one hour each week. And we have a waiting list. Um, We also travel and have been in many, many countries and uh, places where people were interested in our teachings. Uh, We praise God for what we have been able to do. There have been many, many 
marriages and babies and in the 33 years that we have been in existence. And we praise God for this. Mm, that's beautiful. If someone is um, interested in contacting you, coming for help, how would they do that? Uh, we have a website, lifeministry.org, and um, they can certainly contact us. Okay, good. That's lifeministry.org. In closing, is there one story that you would like to tell of a person who was um, touched by your ministry, touched by the Lord? I would like to talk about a book that's coming out. Yes, please do. And that's called Mercy Triumphs Over Judgment. And it has many stories of people, and it really gives very uh, clear teachings in regard to how uh, people get into this problem and how you can be set free. If anyone would like to purchase a copy of Mercy Triumphs Over Judgment, you can write to Mercy Triumphs, Inc., P.O. Box 3973, New York, New York, 10185. Okay, Mercy Triumphs, Inc.? Yes. P.O. Box 3973, New York, New York, 10185. Eight five. Yes. Very good. And so, is that book uh, about ready to come out? Uh, it probably will be a month or two. Okay. But we're into the uh, the final phase. Yes. Of its publication. Uh, how about a final word to someone who has heard this broadcast today, and they're on the fence? Uh, they're starting to feel the Holy Spirit's conviction and yet they're afraid to contact you. Any any words of encouragement for that person? Yes. I would say that there is great hope because God really was absolutely faithful when he said he loved the whole world so much that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life because God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm. So you are one of those, my dear friend, and he is right there to welcome you as you come forward to say, I want to be able to hope. I want to have the joy of the Lord. I want to have resolution about what is the truth and how I can live it. Mm, Beautiful. Today we've been talking with Joanne Hiley, the founder and director of Life Ministry, and their website is found at lifeministry.org. And she shared with us her life story and how the Lord interceded in her life and now has led her many years ago now to start a ministry of counseling people out of homosexuality. Uh, Joanne, in the last minute remaining, how many people have come through your doors um, over the past some 30-plus years? I, you know, I don't think we have a correct tally, <laughs> but I know that it's um, in the thousands. Mm. 
since we don't charge, since we don't really, um, we want people to know that they're welcome. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and for joining our listeners today, Joanne. My complete pleasure. Thank you, Dan, for having me. This program is up on our website. Please check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. And begin to believe that your love for me flows freely from the fountain filled with mercy and that will pardon and cleanse within grace God's grace grace that is Yeah.